encountering the texture of the text of God's Word, text and context. Sorry for the late start, Alex, because uh, trying to get the sound up and running, the magical Jerry is indisposed, apparently. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, that's what Eddie said, a motorcycle thing. I can't get, I, I agree. I, well, I'm, I'll have to keep it short today because we got to get the sound set up before church so that old people like Alex can still hear the service. What? What? Yeah. So, hey. Yep. Yeah, I do. What's happening? I. We're, there's no cord. There. A, there's my uh, computer's not showing up up here. B, the sound is completely. I don't know. Somebody's been touching our sound. Yeah. Well, I have a cord plugged into this, but I don't know what the deal is. I have the sound thing pulled up here. Stand by. Okay. I'm going to teach Bible class while you do that. I see that. Can I talk about Mark while you do that? And then if you need me, you'll let me know? Yes. Okay. Pay no attention to the man in the colorful shirt. Do you need a screen for class? Not for class. No, we're good. We did a second ago, but it was the wrong one. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, pay no attention to the man in the brightly colored Hawaiian shirt. Uh, So, uh, thank you, Rosemary, for my props this morning. I'm very excited about this. Eddie got wind that I was preaching about ghosts this morning. He said, I heard you're preaching about ghosts this morning. I said, no, I'm preaching about goats this morning. I'm actually preaching about God, but it's about a text that has to be. Yeah, yeah, he has the hearing problem. We really need it for for, uh, Eddie then. Um, So last time that we were together, we talked about the triumphal entry. So last week we were at the revival. Sunday before that, it was Palm Sunday, and so I talked about the triumphal entry. I talked about it in Bible class, and I preached on it. And I had this lovely, beautiful comparison of the account. And I thought I was going to come back to that today. I don't think I am, actually. Um, I think I'm going to keep moving forward in Mark just because I want to keep moving forward in Mark. Uh, but I would love to talk more about that sometime if you are interested. Uh, so if you remember, I actually skipped ahead to the triumphal entry. We're actually not there in Mark because we're taking our sweet time in the gospel of Mark. Yes, we are. So I think the last thing we talked about in Mark, if my notes are correct, is the thing about uh, teaching about divorce. I think it's the last thing we talked about. Nothing controversial there. Everything's smooth waters, no big deal. I don't think we talked about Jesus blessing the little children. Did we get to that part or not? Uh, sorry, Mark chapter 10. So we've already talked about the first 12 verses, the teachings about divorce, but I don't think we talked about him blessing the children yet. Okay, well, let's, let's dive into that section then. This is chapter 10, starting in verse 13. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But Jesus saw this and he was indignant. Where's Hannah? She's not here. Uh, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid hands on them, and blessed them. So, if you remember, 
right before the thing about teachings about divorce at the very end of chapter nine, he does the thing about whoever puts a stumbling block in front of one of these little ones. And so now it's children again. Um, so it's kind of, kind of a sandwich, not really. Um, although you could argue that one way you could put a stumbling block in front of children is to, um, break a family. So maybe that's part of the connection there. Um, but Jesus blesses the little children. I find it interesting. Why do you think the disciples are so upset about this? Who wouldn't want to bless children? Who wouldn't want Jesus to bless the children? I mean, is it like he's too busy? He doesn't have time for this? Or is it like, um, I don't know. And it says that they rebuke them. Do you think he's, the disciples are rebuking the children or the parents of the children who are bringing the children to Jesus? Because it says people... I'm assuming parents are bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. I don't know. Those who brought them. Mine says he those who brought them. It does say those who brought them? Mm-hmm. That's what I tend to think. Uh, at least because I, I have thought before that they were rebuking the children directly, and I was like, well, that's a little harsh. But now I'm like, yeah. I wonder what the culture was like. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to think back of what I do know about this because this is I've been interested in children in the ancient world and I've studied this a little bit just because it's a fascinating topic. Um, although the the stuff that I've done looking into children in the ancient world mainly focused on a less uh, a less beautiful subject. It was their deaths because there's high infant mortality in the ancient world to an extreme that we don't see today. Um, well. We don't in this Western world, but you still do in much of the majority world. Okay, so we got some sound. (laughs) Yes, they did. Yeah, I'll fiddle with that. Nope. Is the sound good? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) One step at a time. Um, Yeah, I need to look into that, Alex, actually. That's a good question. My impression is that it's not terribly, um, I don't know what precedent there is for bringing your children to some sort of teacher or rabbi and asking them to bless them. I don't think this is a common thing though. I don't think like, you know, they brought their children to Socrates and said, hey, Socrates, can you bless them? Or to some rabbi and said, hey, rabbi, can you bless my, I don't think that's common. I don't think that happened much. That would be my gut reaction. And so it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I wonder... I wonder if, so why would you bring your children to somebody to have them blessed? I mean, it assumes something about the person, right? Like the, the power that they hold and, and who they are. And so he has the power to bestow some sort of a blessing supernaturally on them. And he does lay his hands on them and bless them. But let's talk about that. Blesses them. What does that mean? He blesses them. So What happens? What happens there? Yeah. Yeah. You don't or you do? Don't. Okay. I was excited. I thought maybe you said you do, and then I would just let you explain so I didn't have to. But it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like a, a passing of the. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I wonder if it's that kind of, or, or if it's where they knew Christ was the Son of God, the power, and they wanted a piece of that for the kids. Yeah. Well, yes. I think it's certainly playing on all that. I think it's similar. Yeah, I think it is similar. So in order to get the feel, you got to go back to Genesis 12. You got to go back to Genesis 12 and start there. So Genesis 12 is where our lovely ancestor Abraham gets called by God to leave his home in Ur of the Chaldeans and to go to a land that he will show them, et cetera, et cetera. We, we know the Abram story, right? He's Abram at this point, not Abraham yet. Um, and in the very beginning of chapter 12, uh, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So I have to back up here because there's yet more that I have to tell you. So um, right before the Abram story, you get the story of, anybody remember what story comes in chapter 11 of Genesis? I'll give you a hint. The Tower of Babel. Yeah. The Tower of Babel. David was like, what are you doing? <laughs> David was like, look, we know this, this young preacher guy is kind of... Uh, Tower of Babel. I, yes, like a good preacher should, right? Um, so, the Tower of Babel. A very fascinating story. But remind me, what's the thing they're actually trying to do at Babel. We tend, to, we tend to interpret it and then give our interpretation as what it says. And uh, so those interpretations are probably correct. But I'm just saying, like, as far as what the text says, what are they trying to do with the whole Babel story? What are they actually trying to do by building the tower? Well, see, that's the interpretation of it. I, I, think, that's, I think that's true. But what does it say? So if you look in chapter 11, verse 4, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Does that sound like Abram? Because God says, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be blessed. Hmm. Oh, also, just to make matters even more fun, and this is something that you may not be able to pick up on otherwise, but just a little bit of, uh, little bit of Hebrew fun for you. On either side of the, the story of Babel, you have a genealogy, everybody's favorite genre in scripture, right? Genealogy. But um, you have a genealogy for one person, one specific person, a son of Noah, on either side of the Tower of Babel, and it's Shem. Shem gets his genealogy on either side of the Tower of Babel. Shem in Hebrew is name. So you have a genealogy of name, a story about them trying to build a tower high up into the heavens to make a name for themselves. Then you have another genealogy about name. And then you have this dude, Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless make of you a great nation. That also kind of sounds like Babel. Yeah. Uh, I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. It's different when they're trying to make a name for themselves. 
God is making the name for Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. In, in a good way. And I, I, don't, I don't mean that as in, oh, you stepped on my... No, no, you're right. Uh, it's the difference between I'm going to claim it for myself versus I'm going to receive it. And we've, I've talked about this before in my sermons. Like, I think the original sin is taking for yourself something which can only be given as a gift. I think the original sin of the garden is the attempt to take something for ourselves that can only be given as a gift. So, for example, they take the fruit because they want to be godlike, right? I don't think that's a bad thing, actually. I want to be godlike, don't you? Scripture says we're going to be made in the God's image. So, what's the problem? Exactly. They tried to take it for themselves rather than receive. I think eventually they would have eaten of the tree. Wait, mute it so it doesn't. It's muted. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because Tracy very much chewed me out one morning for this. <gasps> she did not chew me out. <laughs> I don't think she's capable. I might have. Huh? How does that normally work? Uh, like, well, who knew? Yeah, it's not a great design. It's not a great design. <laughs> Boom. That's more better. That's The goats are in the building. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Max Bricka. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Max the man. It's really loud? Well, it's for you because you have hard hearing, Alex. Oh, oh, it's Alex. Oh, um, <laughs> much better. Oh, yeah, it's good. He doesn't normally lean into the mic like that either. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I usually don't use it during Bible class anyway because because the room's not as full and I can hear my voice echo off the walls more and it, it's weird to me. I just can't handle it. Uh, thank you, Max. We love you. Um, taking for yourself that which can only be given as a gift. That's the, I think that's the original sin. I think my reading of the... So, look, the, the reading of the original Genesis story is as debated and differing as any other piece of scripture, right? Which is interesting because it's like this much of the entire Bible, but it's, it's important. So it's been highly debated in my understanding, in my reading, feel free to disagree, but we're not going to go down this rabbit hole this morning. Uh, I think eventually they would have been given to eat of the fruit that they took for themselves. I think the problem is they took it for themselves rather than receiving it as a gift when they were ready. Notice they almost seem like children who have lost their innocence too early, right? And just like children who's kind of start to become around what we have often termed the age of accountability kind of thing. They tend to notice their bathing suit places kind of thing. And then Adam and Eve notice that they're naked. Right? So it seems like a, a story of their, I mean, it's, it's more than that, right? Like there's this deep sin, but like their innocence has been taken too early because they took it for themselves rather than receiving the knowledge of good and evil as a gift, which would make them more like God. Okay. That to say, it's the same for receiving a name for themselves. Your name is defined by God. You don't define it for yourself. So you, we don't make, try to make a name for ourselves and try to build up our tower and build up our kingdom. Babel is also a kingdom. We focus on the tower, but the tower is representative of kingdom. This is a kingdom. This is man's kingdom versus God's kingdom. And they built up their kingdom and then it was destroyed. 
But here, God says, I'm going to make a great nation. There's the kind of kingdom language or this, this mass group of people language. And I will bless you. And here's our word that we're actually getting to, bless. Bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And then verse three, I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, there's a key word there. I don't know if you caught it. It's repeated multiple times. <laughs> bless and blessing, right? Um, so there's a, there's a lot here. And I, I think it's so profound that you're, you're, Abram is blessed for the express purpose of being a blessing. We're not blessed just for the heck of it. We're not blessed just... I mean, we can be blessed just because God is good. But often we are blessed to be a blessing. We're, we're given to give. We're, we're accepted to accept. We're loved to give love. We're invited to extend the invitation. I mean, we're, we're blessed to bless others. I mean, freely you've received, freely give, right? That's what Jesus would say. Um, I will bless you and make your name great. The name great thing, that's, that's so key. So a name also, in, and this is more than, this is more than like, I'm going to go to the social security office and look at your name and I'm going to say, I recommend him for greatness. I'd like a little star on his social security card so that it's known that Abram is great. No, the idea of making your name great, um, this language is used for Yahweh himself throughout scripture. You will revere my name and God's name is Yahweh. Um, and, and it's, it's really the idea of reputation kind of, it's like, um, I will make your name great and see all these years later, we still know of Abram and we're still telling the story of Abram. And in fact, there are at least three different monotheistic religions that trace their origins back to Abram, albeit in very different ways, but nonetheless, I mean, that, that says something, right? Now they have a movie. What? Oh, I heard his only son. Yeah. What'd you think? I've heard different, different thoughts. So what's, what's your takeaway on that? It was interesting how he filled in from got his donkey ready to saw the uh, place where he was going to sacrifice that three days of travel. It was, it was interesting how he kind of filled that in. But I think what he was trying to say was it wasn't an easy trek. Mm. That three days of walking and feeling and stuff. I, I, I like that. I enjoyed it. Cool. I think what they're doing is just awesome. You know, I didn't know it was even there till I went to the movie theater to see a different movie and I, I saw that that was playing if you have um, like the angel app on your phone or your, your TV or something like that or if you, if you sign up for it you get all yeah. that stuff okay you get this one too oh yeah yes it was put out by the angel uh, so even though it's in theaters you can still get it like oh no 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 I'm just streaming. saying that they advertise it. oh so I get emails and texts I see I see I see my bad and he's, he's gonna do uh, what say Oh, but he started with the binding of Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> Timelines off. Okay. Well, cool. I've uh, I was talking to John Eason about it the other day. He said he went to go see it. He said he liked parts of it or parts of it he didn't care for. Yeah. Walking just a little bit here, but uh, the chosen it has a lot of embellishments. So. Mm-hmm. Our ladies' class, it has a part in there that said this didn't really happen, or we just oh, that's good. Yeah, or this could have very well happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Historically yeah. imagined. So yeah. I, when I facilitate the class, I like to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knit it. Like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not su- I'm not always super offended by the extras. So long as the extras are like, like I don't go there and expect it to be only what the biblical story does because the biblical story is streamlined. Actually, the biblical story purposefully leaves out all sorts of stuff on purpose. So I mean, the yeah the yeah 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 oh yeah yeah if if we were to record everything there wouldn't be enough space in all the world to hold those books yeah. Well, and I, like the medium of communication of movie and video and television is just so different from the written word. I mean, yeah, they're, they're attempting to, to make some poetic license, I guess. Crowdfunded. Mm-hmm. Love stuff like that. He was saying that, and I've heard some some talk about. Chosen was crowdfunded, yeah? Yeah. About the phenomenon of this. I mean, they, they, they broke records not doubling, but hundreds of times bigger. Yeah. Uh, or uh, the Bible Project. I talk about them a lot. Love the Bible Project. Completely crowdfunded and completely free. Good stuff, and, and Bible what Project. what happens when you do that is you don't have Hollywood involved. Yeah. So you don't have those, uh, those uh, secular things. Thrown sure. In. Yeah. Yeah, like the Noah movie. A lot of pushback on the Noah movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of pushback. Um, there's another, there's an app too. That, uh, I was going to look it up. I won't. Uh, that you can, I think you have to subscribe to it, but it shows a lot of the favorite series hmm. uh, without all the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Language. I've heard of those things. That's good. Oh yeah, so it just like so you watch like the five minute segments of that show that are. No, I feel like some shows you like put it through a filter like that and it's like here's five minutes of friendly friendly banter. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, um, blessing. I want to talk about blessing. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I am a rabbit hole thinker. It's good. Um, Make your name great. Reputation, that's kind of what that's going for. Make your name great. It's, I mean, it's you and your reputation, right? So, like, Abraham himself is this great figure who does birth nations through Isaac and Ishmael and um, his family. Uh, I will bless you so you will be a blessing. But it's the verse 3 that really gets us. I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you see this, like, for example, in the, the next story after his call? He goes to the promised land. We're always like, yeah, faithful Abram. He goes to the promised land. Yeah, and then there's a small famine and he goes to Egypt. <laughs> right after he just arrived in the promised land. Um, let's not whitewash our biblical characters. He's faithful. For the most part. (laughs) There's also the whole Hagar incident, right? But he goes to Egypt almost immediately after arriving in the promised land because he wants food. And then he tries to peddle off his wife as a sister, who actually, by the way, is his half-sister. Sarai is Abram's half-sister. So that's a whole other interesting thing. And um, he sells off uh, his wife, basically, to Pharaoh. And then he gets rich off of it. Because Pharaoh's like, wait. That's not your sister. This is your spouse. 
And then he pays Abram off and sends him back on his merry way. And now Abram is rich. I mean, the king of Egypt just paid him off with all sorts of good stuff. And so now he's rich. Again, those who bless you, I will bless. And those who curse you, I will curse. Whenever Pharaoh was in bad standing with Abram, it was bad for him. Whenever he was in good standing with Abram, it was good for him. Yeah. I always think about Pharaoh actually appeared to have more moral concern about the situation than <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here going, he was like, look what you, you did. You deceived me and put me in this yeah. position or, yeah. or something. And, and it's like, why would he care? I mean, yeah. he can do whatever he wants and probably did. But in this instance, he was, he was appalled by Yes. Pimp my bride. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was like shocked at the behavior. Yeah. Well, and, and he does it again. Yeah. This isn't the last time. He pulls the exact same stunt with Abimelech. Yeah. Um, and then his son uh, pulls the same stunt. Also with Abimelech. Does the Bible say he paid him off? Yeah. So in verse 16, And for her sake he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkey, male and female slaves, female donkeys and camels. Which is... Gosh. Which is... Bukus of, yeah, especially a pharaoh. Plus, um, I mean, apparently he has so much that whenever Lot, his nephew, comes in, they have to, like, say, all right, look, we're destroying the land and our cattle are not getting enough. So we need to, I'll go here, you go here. I mean, it's enough that it's, like, destroying the Canaan population. Um, Also, he gets female slaves there. I think that's where he gets Hagar, the Egyptian. That's interesting. Um... Anyway, the point is, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. That's kind of like an example of that right off the bat. That um, if you're good to Abram, God will be good to you. If you're bad to Abram, God will be bad to you. And so um, Lot, for example, whenever they do have that split and Lot goes towards Sodom, uh, that does not go well for Lot. Part of the idea there is, well, the further you move away from Abram, who's kind of like the, the focal point of God's blessing at, on this point in the timeline, the further you move away from God's blessing. Because Abram is the focal point of God's blessing. So he moves away from, from Abram and with that, God's blessing. But it's also the last part. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So over and over again, you'll actually see... Um, Um, throughout you'll see um, that they pass the blessing on, this original blessing that God bestows on Abram. So for example, whenever Isaac steals the blessing from Esau, notice he steals the blessing and the birthright from Esau. If you read that story closely, he steals both. We often collapse the two, but they're two separate narratives. There's one where he steals the blessing and there's one where he steals the birthright. The birthright is the money stuff, which would be the part I would be more concerned. About. I'm just uh, the blessing, what is the blessing though that he steals? That's the question. And this is what Alex was getting at, this thing where on their deathbed, the fathers will lay their hands on them and bestow this blessing. What they're doing is they're passing on this blessing that God originally gave to Abram. And so it's like you're part of this chosen family that God has specifically chosen for his purposes. And, I mean, clearly God's chosen him because if you read Genesis, this family is screwed up times 20. 
Okay, if we think we're dysfunctional, they're dysfunctional. They're crazy dysfunctional, but God blesses them anyway. And because he said, I'm going to, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. And he's determined for that to be true. And so they continue to pass this blessing on from one generation to the next, to the next. And it gets a little fishy for Joseph because A, Joseph's the young child. And you continue to see this, right? Uh, Jacob is the younger child who shouldn't have the blessing or the birthright, but gets it anyway because because God just does that. Also, Isaac is the promised child, but he is not the firstborn. Ishmael is. Because Abram and Sarah got antsy. Uh, Ishmael was blessed too. And that's, yeah, Ishmael was totally blessed too. Um, And so, but he isn't, but Ishmael is the rightful first child, but yet the blessing, he was blessed, but he got a different blessing. The blessing passed on through the younger child, the promised child, Isaac, Isaac's kids, yeah, went through Jacob instead of Esau. And then he had his favorite child, of course, who was uh, Joseph. And then Joseph passes on the blessing. And then this is where it gets kind of interesting. So now you have to go all the way near the end of Genesis. Blessing is the theme that we really should trace through Genesis, I think, by the way. That's really the theme. We tend to focus on sin more than blessing, which is damning to us. I don't know. Do yeah, you know? She was taking her to the ER. She was taking her to the ER. Do you, do you know? Like dizzy spells and... Like, can we pray over her? Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Would you say that? Yeah. I didn't want to embarrass her while she was trying to walk out. So, yeah. Thank you, though. Go right, go right ahead, please. Heavenly Father, Lord, we gather here together as a family. We ask a special prayer for Mary. We ask that you to No, you're fine. I was just thinking, this is a good this is a good sign of what the gathering can bring about. Because that's not typical for our tradition to just stop everything and pray for people. That's something that we've learned from our charismatic brothers and sisters. Who knew prayer actually does stuff? I, what a concept! I, it's crazy. It's crazy. Were you, did you raise your hand? Oh, you were talking to her. Um, the blessing. I'm still on the blessing. Um, Boy, and you know, we, oh, David does want to say something. Stories that go all through Jesus' lineage, you know. Yes. And there's some of the most horrific things and some yes. of the most amazing things. Yes. And I, you can't separate them. No, you really can't. And we need to stop whitewashing these heroes of faith. Right. We need to hold them up as heroes. Right. But they're complicated figures, just like we are. And it just it reflects on us. Yeah. Uh, we should like yes. that we, we can do anything that uh, makes us to where God can't love us. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's, he kept his, his chosen line yes. through these people, all yes. kinds of people. If and Abram can be a hero of faith, any of us can. And David, <laughs> and David yeah. He murdered, oh, he man. basically murdered a woman's well, husband to get to her, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and then some. And but then all sorts of other stuff, too. Yeah. Philistine and 
and so these this yeah. dichotomy thing is, yes. is uh, but I think Abraham well, I keep thinking about Abraham is the parallel of his willingness to give up his son yeah. his only son yeah. his his future you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the thousands of generations he was promised and this walk you know he hadn't been thinking about this uh, the whole way mm-hmm. and uh, so I think there's a parallel as if uh, if Abraham was willing to do that, oh certainly, it's uh, it's God saying yes. This is what I did, I'm doing. The key term for Jesus as the beloved Son. Uh-huh. The other place that shows up in Scripture is to describe yeah. the the chosen Son, Isaac. He's the beloved Son, mm-hmm. and he's willing to offer him. And so Isaac is in some sense dead but alive. Right. Jesus was dead but is alive. Yeah. He's risen to new life. In some sense, Isaac has a new life now. I mean, how do you how do you go to that experience and not walk out the other side different forever, right? Well, you know, and so... He a, a sacrifice and he, he says, where's our right? You know, God will provide. Yes. And God did provide. God did provide. Yes. And, yes, and, yes, I mean, yes. Just, you can't miss that symbolism. When, that, when the light came onto that whole thing, mm-hmm. like, this is... Yes. Uh, shows a, a, plan, a plan beyond... You can't... Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so Absolutely. Yes. Alex, what were you going to say? So I would, just for real quick, go back yeah, yeah. to where it says all. All. All families can be Yeah. <clears throat> Question. Okay. Was that just, <clears throat> this is about my thought process. Sure. Because of the, the Israelites thought of other people as not really people. Was that just ah. them? They think of the other, they think of them as Jesus people. Coming, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great question. It just takes me down like 20 different rabbit holes. I'm trying to decide what to do here. So, for example, so there's something. Oh, man. How do I want to go about this? couple things. I'm just going to throw some things out there, and then maybe something is helpful. One thing is sometimes in the Hebrew Bible, they will say all, and they're referring to like the whole world. Eh, it's just Jerusalem, <laughs> right? So like, for example, the destruction of Jerusalem in the prophets is often compared to the destruction of the whole world, which is like, wait a second. When you, when you like hunker down, you're like, wait a second. It's talking about Jerusalem. What are you talking about? Um, it's called fictive globalism. It's the conflation that this is so important that what happens here relates to everything else. Does that make sense? And so some Jews would interpret that section as fictive globalism, right? So it's like, well, Abram is so important that really the Jews are just so special that what happens to them happens to them and it has nothing to do with anybody. I don't think that's what's going on there, though. There are moments where I think this fictive globalism occurs, which is like a... I say fictive. I don't, I don't mean... Fictive sounds like fiction, and I don't mean it that way. What I really mean is you're conflating what happens here with the whole world because you say what happens here is so important that it affects the rest of the world. We might do this with, like, American politics, right? Like, if, if America goes under tomorrow, dude, the world's going to have problems too, right? And so, in a very real sense, what happens here happens in the world. And so they're, they're dealing in ultimate terminology in that sense. But you got to be careful because they're talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, right? But, but they're talking about the whole world. It's because if Jerusalem's destroyed, Jerusalem's like a microcosm of the rest of the universe. And so Abram is a microcosm of humanity. He's kind of a second Adam, 
Jesus is definitely the second Adam figure, but Abram is in some sense like a second Adam, like a, let me give you this tremendous blessing and you live from that place. Although this time God's like, I'm not going to destroy the world again by water. That was a whole fiasco. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I think whenever he says all, he really means all. And, And you're right that there is some understanding sometimes that like the Gentiles aren't really people like we are. Um, but then in the Old Testament, you have images where it's like, wait, it's just the Jews and nobody else. And then you also have images where it's like, no, it's, it's everybody. Like Jonah flies in the face of so much of the rest of the testimony. And so, um, yeah. That's not a great answer. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think it's all the family. I, I think it's, so it's interesting because it's like, I'm going to choose specifically this family and from this family, all families will be blessed. But then it focuses on this family. But again, it's the idea that, yeah, but what happens here determines what happens elsewhere. So if, things, if, if Abram goes under, the, whole, the, the hope of the world is lost. So if, if, if the whole Jesus event doesn't work, then, then everything's lost. It's, so it's, it's like it really is all dependent on this one person. So I think it's all people, but then the story focuses on, on Abram and his family. Yeah? The whole lineage of Jesus, is like, it's, it's like a string of individuals through a lot of time that it just shouldn't have held together. Yeah, yeah. But it did. Yeah. You know, it was God doing it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it did. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting study. Yeah. Genesis in particular. Like, all of the story, but Genesis in particular is a story that's like, yeah, if God wasn't involved, <laughs> I don't even want to know. Right? I mean, this incestuous, crazy, backstabbing, bloody-killing family in the ancient Middle East is the focal point of God's blessing and ultimately the ancestry of our Lord. Yeah, didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I'm already over and Alex told me I couldn't go over. So I know. Let me end with a quick word of prayer and then we'll move on and get ready for church. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you that you did bless your uh, son Abram. And we thank you that Abram was asked to offer his son Isaac, but that he didn't have to um, because you provided an offering. Thank you that your beloved son um, was the offering. Uh, We just pray that we would be found more and more in the likeness and in the love of your beloved son. It's in his name, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen.